The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field. On his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son... You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Perhaps you have had the opportunity of being in a 
another city or state, even another country for a while, perhaps for an extended period of time. You may have enjoyed it, but at some point you thought to yourself, I really don't belong here. This is not my home. I want to return. I remember when I was in England for a year, um, I was watching the inauguration of then-President Bush, to which the BBC gave an hour and a half. And I watched it rather calmly, and then they played the Star Spangled Banner. How many times have you and I heard the Star Spangled Banner? Uh, We get rather used to it, don't we? And all of a sudden, uh, during the Star Spangled Banner, I got this sudden rush of emotion, which, which really surprised me. And I realized at that moment that wherever I might go, for however long I might be there, and however much I might enjoy it, I would always be an American. There's something about home, and you think of it in that way. Perhaps not always, but sometimes. And that's what this gospel, in a sense, is about, with this son. We call this parable the prodigal son, but as you know, it really ought to be called the loving father, since the father is the hero in the story. The young man wants his inheritance that should come to him when the father has died. He wants it, and so the father gives it to him. And the son then goes off notice to a distant country. Sin is a distant country. When we go off into that world, we are in a different world and a different country. In fact, what does the book of Baruch say? Why have you grown old in a foreign land? What he means is, why have you grown old in your dissipation and your sensuality? You're in a foreign land, a foreign country. And he wastes everything that he'd been given. He loses it all. And then he finds himself destitute. The country is no longer friendly. He's not having fun anymore. That's all gone. His world has changed, and he sees it for the emptiness that it is. And that's a good thing. He sees it. You know, I mentioned once before an Anglican chaplain in the First World War by the name of G. Studdard Kennedy. And he begged his son not to go to sea. His mother begged him too. But the son went anyway. Like this young man, he wanted, he was part of the me generation before it existed. And he wanted to do his thing, as we used to say. Uh, And his father wrote this. He said, well, maybe that's how it is with God. His sons have got to be free. Their will is their own. Their lives are their own. And that's how it has to be. So the Father God goes sorrowing still for his world which has gone to sea. Yet he runs up a light on Calvary's height that beckons to you and to me. The beacon light of the sorrowing God has been shining down the years, flashing its light on the darkest night of our human blood and tears. And so the sun has awakened now And he thinks to himself, why am I here? 
Why am I still here with swine, no less, tending the swine, an animal, an unclean animal that Jews wouldn't even touch, much less, much less eat? And he says, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough to eat? Notice his motive. Is the motive love for the father? No. Is the motive even a sense of duty to the father? No. He wants what the father has. And furthermore, he wants what even the servants of the father have. And what's that? Food. He wants to eat. He wants nourishment. Now, as the fathers all tell us, our Lord here is giving us a metaphor um, for the Eucharist. This is, this is the food. This is the banquet, as we will see in a moment. Uh, it's the Eucharist. But first of all, he awakens to his sinfulness. He acknowledges the fact that he is sinful. That's good. And now he, he plans to confess his sin. You see, there are two sacraments in this gospel. Um, he's going to confess his sins, but first he's going to rehearse his, what he's going to say. So he said, um, here I am dying from hunger. And he's right. That's what sin is too, mortal sin in particular. I shall go to my father and I shall say to him, and it's a good line too, uh, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. True. I no longer deserve to be called your son. True again. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he goes back. Notice, though, who takes the initiative. While he was still a long way off, the father caught sight of him. God always sees us before we see him. God always takes the initiative. God is always reaching out and calling us before we hear him. We think we've all of a sudden awakened on our own. We haven't. He's been calling us, and sometimes for a very long time. You know, it's not uncommon for someone to come to me who's been away from the church for a long time and who's been leading perhaps a very sinful and even twisted life. And they will say, and very often in the midst of tears, I just want to come home. Uh, I just want to come home. And I might point out, from the point of view of priesthood, at that t- in those situations, it's a very wonderful thing to be able to say, welcome home. Uh, we've been waiting for you. Uh, it's good that you are here. So the son goes. The father sees him coming, filled with compassion. The father takes the initiative. Uh, he runs to the son. And the son begins the line he's rehearsed. The son begins. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Again, he's right. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Again, right. But the father won't let him complete the sentence. He wants to say, treat me as one of your hired servants. The father won't let him do that. He stops everything, and all of a sudden, this moment of sorrow, this confession of sin, becomes this great banquet. The son can now come to the banquet because he's confessed his sin. Again, this analogy of confession in the Eucharist that's so beautiful, this great banquet that the Father throws for him. Uh, And so the celebration begins. Do you know, somebody, a teacher in a CCD class once asked her young class, who was sorry when the prodigal son came home? And one little girl said, the fatted calf. (laughs) (laughs) In any event, the older son comes back. He symbolizes the scribes and the Pharisees who, who have no time for forgiveness. They don't want forgiveness. They're just angry that the father should be so loving and so generous to this son. 
He doesn't care about his brother at all. He's, he's someone totally turned in on himself. And notice, because of his hatred, he cannot go into the banquet. He cannot go into the Eucharist because of his hatred. Again, the sign of peace is that symbol that we are coming to the Eucharist without hatred for anyone. Uh, and he stays outside and will not go in. And the Father has to go out to him. But notice his response. And we should be careful that we don't see this in ourselves or fail to see it more often than not. All right. He says, look, all these years I served you. Here, again, there is no love for the Father whatsoever. He slaved for him. He was his servant. And you never gave me anything. I never disobeyed one of your orders. That's all he can say. He was dutiful. He did obey. He did what he was supposed to do, but there was no love in him whatsoever for the Father. He simply wanted what the Father had, too. He was like the Son. And then, when your son, not my brother, but your son, you won't refer to him as my brother, returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes. How does he know that? How does the elder son know that? You slaughtered the fattened calf. He just doesn't understand God's forgiveness. Obviously, you and I are all supposed to understand that forgiveness because we've experienced it over and over and over again, haven't we? Hopefully, we have. If we don't, we become not only spiritually, psychologically ill, we even become physically ill sometimes when we refuse to accept the forgiveness of God. This son now is healthy again. He's not just back. He's healthy. He had been sick. And now he's returned. And the father, who loves the son, unlike the elder brother, is happy to see him back. But now he said, my son... You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. You had it all and you never realized it. All this time you've had everything you could ever want and you don't understand that. You think that you've had nothing and you've had it all. As we have. We have it all. We have the Eucharist. What more do we need? That's the banquet that we don't want to miss. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. He was dead and he was lost and now he's back. So you and I then must rejoice first of all in the fact that we have been welcomed back and are here and we must be the first to welcome others back as well, particularly during this year of mercy. We must see to it that the whole world knows about this mercy and knows about this event. And we all know people even in our own families who need this journey and need this healing. And we are the instruments of that because we are part of the church. Remember, the Father's house is the church. That's the Father's house. Uh, The church as we know her, the Catholic Church, and of course the banquet is the Eucharist. So we who have had it all uh, may now go on to receive it yet again.